0: Hey, welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host tonight, Travis Greer, down here in Pollentown, USA. And I'm joined by Paul Arnold Dexter from Dexter, Michigan. And uh, about a stone's throw away, a couple hours drive, uh, Ernest Watts, he's over there in Rockingham, North Carolina. He's probably swimming in pollen like myself. But guys, we're going to start off talking about NCAA basketball. And uh, this week, we had a a great national championship between uh, the uh, Baylor and uh, Gonzaga. Uh, capped off a great season of NCAA basketball. Uh, March Madness, y'all recapped some of those things as far as the Final Four last week. But uh, before I got there and got your take on that, I wanted to ask you, did you know that there was a finger licking for? And I didn't know I was participating in something like that uh, until I kind of saw the results from Little Debbie this past week. I was on my social media site and I was like, they popped up little surveys, what's your favorite? Now, of course, i love little debbie cakes you know and they were doing like a little uh round robin between their customers what what's their favorite cook um little debbie cakes and they published the results this week it was called cake palooza 2021 so i didn't know if you know there was a a, a march madness of of uh little debbie cakes going on and um they called the final four selection which one won which one? Which one do you think one? What's your prediction, Paul? What What would be your finger looking for of Little Debbie cakes? I love them, and I'll give you my oh, final. One.
1: I I'm not that good about Little Debbie. I'm a hostess guy. I grew up up north, but I'm gonna say the anything chocolate one.
0: Okay, okay. I hear you. Anything chocolate? So uh, what came in uh, number two was the Swiss roll that came what,
2: in. That would yeah. be my number one pig. but obviously number one would be the old standby, of the oatmeal cake,
0: right? Uh, no, I was disappointed in that because that is my favorite. It's, it's, it's wonderful with a cup of coffee in the morning. If you're grabbing a quick breakfast out the door, that came in number three. But number one, first place came in was the Christmas tree cakes. Um, which I was surprised by that. They're good, but uh, can't beat some of the old classics, like you said, Ernest. Oatmeal cream pies.
2: Well, Christmas cakes almost like bloody spear tips because they have the red from the ornaments. What? Like, bloody spear tell, tips? I used to tell kids, these are bloody spear tips. Eat <laughs> oh these. There's the blood of Spartans on them, it'll make you strong. <laughs> yes, yes,
0: yes, but uh, can't beat Uh, I love a little Debbie. Cake, and uh, if you if you get the chance, people uh, uh, pull up YouTube and and, and Google uh, YouTube uh, Will Ferrell Little Debbie. You'll be uh, get your little <laughs> chuckle, chuckle there. That is it's funny, funny. But nonetheless, uh, we had the Baylor Bears overcome Gonzaga,
2: and um, what did you guys think about that, uh, Ernest? Boy, I wonder who would have called that. Wonder who would have told everybody back in December that Baylor was gonna win it all. See, I have to I have to continue oh, the oh, illusion. Oh, yes, yeah, so oh, continue the illusion that I know what I'm talking about. But, <laughs> you called uh, it you called uh, it. You called yeah, it. I mean it's it's I'll, they they fit all the the boxes when you talk about NCAA tournament. They had great guard play with Davion Mitchell and and with jared butler who i both think are going to be in the nba and maceo mcteague who came from unc Asheville, and matthew Meyer, mayor and and uh, came off the bench vital mark vital is one of the best offensive rebounders he patterns himself after uh, charles barkley uh great perimeter defense i mean this is the type of defense they just—they put it on you. The offensive rebound, great defense, and great three-point shooting from the guards. And you know, a lot of people the next day came up with this argument that uh, Gonzaga was wore out from the UCLA game. And I will tell you, if they played ten times, eight times, um, they would Baylor would win. I mean, to me, they just athletically and physically. Quicker, faster, stronger. They're just a better team. I mean, the UCLA game was was great, Paul. I mean, it was one of the, the greatest games whatsoever, but ultimately it didn't lead to a championship.
1: That's true. Um, Baylor, as Ernest called it for months, actually, uh, just were just that much better. And they were motivated, and they were fast. And I agree. I think they would beat gonzaga most of the time gonzaga you gotta give them credit they didn't fade in the first half they came back and they got within 10 but they just weren't the better team and you just have to give credit to scott drew for a great coaching job and even for mark few too they both knew how to coach and changing the defense uh, gonzaga did in the first half helped them get up within 10 but you can't beat that much talent. And it was um, amazing to watch. And, you know, one of the things I've been curious about, Ernest, is why the shooting percentage was unbelievable in the 5-4. and My son was texting me saying this is new records for percentage and making shots. Any theories on that, Ernest, why it was so good?
2: I think because they were playing in the same pretty much environments. You only had about six different locations. They were playing the entire tournament instead of it being all over the country and sometimes in larger dome stadiums. I also think the Hmm. lack of a crowd helped that, but I think it's just familiar courts. I mean, these are courts they played on the majority of time, very similar. I think they were used to the courts. I think lack of, of a crowd, big crowd. So you didn't have that, that, background behind particularly in in lucas oil stadium where which is a football stadium you didn't have the crowd behind distracting you when you shot so i think that was the differentiation let me throw my two stat of the days for you stat of the day what okay Uh, uh, uh. okay ready yep uh what team has the most wins in the ncaa tournament since 2012 hmm
1: hmm I want to say Michigan, but that's just I'm
2: Homer. Gonzaga.
1: Wow, really?
2: Yeah. Here's the second stat of the day. What is Mark Few's all time record against number one seeds in the NCAA tournament? uh
1: 0 and ten or something. O
0: oh, and
2: eight. Two. Oh, and eight.
0: What well, do you, Ernest? Do you know when the last time? What was the last time Gonzaga lost in the national championship? Who'd they lose oh, to? Yeah, it's Carolina. Carolina, 2017. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, it was a well, two-point game. is a relatively close game. Yeah, uh, I mean, and their out-of-conference Schedules is really strong, so they do play anybody and everybody. Uh, it's just a point of, I think, when they get used to playing in their own conference, I think the level of play kind of drags them down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and again, they're not that athletic a team. I think UCLA game showed that pretty much. I mean, Jalen Sugg's half-court shot, is going to go with Leitner's shot and and several other historical games which we've seen, but ultimately it was kind of like when when Wisconsin beat Kentucky in the semifinals eight years ago. And it was a great be undefeated. You know, I, I think I texted all of you all about ten o'clock Monday night, and I said, "Well, the seventy six Indiana teams is breaking up the champagne." So some some team one day will go undefeated and go the entire way. But this was the ninth team <clears> to <throat> go undefeated in the regular season and not able to finish the job since nineteen seventy six.
0: Yeah. Well, since you started down that route, a little more trivia, uh a little tweet that I liked by somebody. I was kinda twitter pated about that. Or the word there's your word of the day, twitter pated. Very cool. Um what was uh, Paul Paul will start with you since Ernest is the book of knowledge and it be good and evil, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what What was the Baylor's basketball's motto this year? What was it based around? Did you, did you oh,
1: my it? gosh. It wasn't take the stairs. That was another team. I have no clue.
0: Well, I read an article, a tweet, and read into it even more. The secret to Baylor's success wasn't limited to their great defense and all those great three-point shots and stuff. Uh, little Debbies.
1: Little Debbies.
0: Little Debbies, yes. There you go. <laughs> Circle back around to that. But their secret lies in a culture called joy. That was their motto this year. And what uh, joy st- stood for, uh, you're both men of faith, right? Jesus, others, yourself. So they had a, uh, uh, that was their motto this year, and uh, trusting in the Lord and all those things there. And uh, I thought that was quite interesting.
2: It's a great story. I mean, this is a school that, that 20 years ago, you had Dave Bliss, who was their coach. And he covered up one of the players murdering one of the other players whose body disappeared, who was missing in action for like two weeks because of an argument about a drug deal. And instead of Bliss going to the authorities, he covered it up. And this, you know, between what their football team and their baseball, their best, excuse me, the men's basketball team has gone through, this, it took 20 years. I mean, a lot of people don't. And realized that he's been there that long, but it took that long to bring it back. And the football team, also it, it, it took a while for for what uh, Art Styles had done to them in covering uh, violence against women—ten cases of it. But it's it's remarkable, and it just shows how uh, sports sometimes can gives you opportunity for renewal. There's always another game. There's always another opportunity, and it's fascinating that the early polls out. You know they've got number one for next year. Who's, who's that artist? Gonzaga. Okay. Gonzaga is picked to be number one. Now, we can't go – we can't finish up NCAA basketball. Y'all know where I'm going to go here, right? Uh, Roy Williams at UNC retired. And though as a fan, I take that very hard. But I did find it fascinating that he talked about – he had seven more years on his contract. But he said he he just was not doing the job. I mean he could have stayed there for another seven years, but he loved Carolina more than he loves the job. and I like Hubert Davis. It kept someone in the family. I feel pretty good, but uh, one of the reasons Roy talked about leaving is is this next year in college football, I mean excuse me, college basketball. Is is with the open transfers, and with the ability of players to sell their likeness and their name for advertising reasons, this this might be the last NCAA tournament we see like this in a long time. The whole face of college basketball is changing.
0: Hmm, that sure is. Yeah, I think yeah, uh, being a Carolina fan as well, Hebert Davis is pretty good pick up. It was kind of safe, you know, quick. I guess so. I felt that they were. Um the well, the thing, they were yeah, praying for it, you know, and had a good choice.
2: Well the thing that that uh, did this time is they kept almost all the assistants. When yeah. Matt Doherty went in there in twenty uh, t- two thousand and one, he fired all the assistants and that, you know, really caused a riff in the Carolina family. Uh Hubert's kept all but one. He's kept all the other most of the assistants and all the administrative staff. So it just just will continue in that respect. But, but Paul, it's an interesting, uh, again, uh, what we're seeing in college college football, basketball again. You've got a former NBA player, very young, with an experienced head coach on the sidelines, just like we see at Michigan and Georgetown and Vanderbilt. This, this seems to be the new college basketball.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, talk about Hubert Davis. Do you know how old he is, Ernest? He's 50 years old. He is. And I think that really speaks a lot to um, North Carolina's tradition. Who was after Dean first? It was the older guy who spent his time Bill waiting. Guthridge. Bill, Bill Guthridge. Guthridge,
2: right. So, and, and that was done. Dean kind of retired early so Guthridge could get his full retirement and let him as a head coach for two years, which Guthridge took him to uh, the Final Four one year and the Elite Eight the other year.
1: So it tells me UNC's program is so strong, unlike Indiana and some others, that they can keep on rolling whether they have a guy, the hottest coach out there. You know, they have a guy on the bench that can probably keep it rolling even if, you know, it's not the best guy. And also, interesting about college basketball right now is about 10 years ago, the Miller brothers were the hottest things, you know, that they, Sean and Archie were the coaches you need to have. So Arizona hires one, Indiana hires the other, and they're both done. Um, And so you college basketball, it's all recruiting every year. And I agree, Ernest, all these transfers are crazy. And everybody's running around trying to figure out who can pick up. But on another hand, that's awesome for a fan of a team that's been down for so long. All it takes is one year and you might be right back.
2: Yeah, well, mm. wide open. I and mean, You look at Baylor is not a traditional basketball team. This is the first championship that they ever had. UCLA, this is the first time they've been back in the tournament since 2005. I mean, you're seeing teams, you look at the, the Elite Eight and the traditional schools, the Kansases, the Kentuckys, they weren't there. I and mean, the Dukes, the Carolina, this was, I and mean, I think we may see a more wide open field for all of college basketball, it's it. I'll be fascinating to see what the ratings are going to be, what they were for this tournament, because you didn't have those traditional things. And again, uh, after Cade Cunningham went out, you really didn't have that many recognizable names. You know, a lot of people knew the Gonzaga, but they didn't know the players on Gonzaga. Most people couldn't have named two starters on Butler for that
1: matter. I have one more comment about the final four, Travis. Just permit me to ask. When I yeah. watch the coaches. There's some coaches I go, wow, I'd like to play for them or my son or whatever. And some coaches I think, man, they look constipated or, man, they must be really a, a jerk. And UCLA's Coach Cronin, to me, he's a great coach, but he always looks like he's constipated or has a problem. It's probably like uh, Izzo at Michigan State. Izzo always looks like he's going to have a stroke on the sideline, but he's a great guy off the court. So did you get that f- feel guys at Cronin just would you want to play for him
2: he's just intense I mean he's a defensive coach and, and and again they are a very physical team and that's just his style of course he's like you and myself a little light on top of the head so that he goes he shaves I'm never going to do that I only like shaving my face but hmm. I, I, I think that you know that that dome that are you faith, saying all that,
1: bald guys look constipated
2: no, it's just, like I said, no, I'm sure there are some jovial ones. I just can't think of them right <laughs> or... Rick Majeris was bald. He was jovial. No Mr. Clean always him. smiled on the bottles. Uh, it's or... The earring makes him look jovial. It's the Co- earring Co- on the ear in that respect. But you know, Rick Majeris was a fun bald headed guy. They don't uh, know this.
1: The, I suppose every uh 50-year-old uh, references here, Ernest. That's
2: right. I shouldn't. I don't that. think,
1: Travis, do you know who Rick Majeris coached in pro ball? No, not at all. College
2: ball. Never went to the pros.
1: Oh, that's right. Utah.
2: Yeah. And Marquette. He was Dean Smith's choice to replace him. He talked to Rick Majerus first and wanted him to come to Carolina and replace him before. And and Majerus turned him down. And then this was after Guthridge had coached for two years. A little inside Carolina information there for you.
0: A good deal. Well, I don't switch over. Speaking, we'll
2: keep the same ball uh, in the same court.
0: We'll switch over and go one step up to NBA. I uh, don't know if any of you caught the game last night. Uh, did we see an Eastern Conference Finals matchup uh, sample last night between uh, the Utah Jazz and Phoenix Suns? That was a pretty pretty tight game. Uh, uh, went into overtime. And uh, what did you guys think about that? Is that our Eastern Conference Finals? Who? And Western. Western. Excuse me, Western. I'm sorry. Got. Uh, Carolina, You're uh, on
1: sinus medicine, aren't you? Yeah, just admit it. You're on drugs. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. was a
0: good game. You had uh, what's his name? I can't pronounce his name. It's a hard foreign name. Uh, Bojan. He had uh no, excuse me, Donovan Mitchell. He had yes. forty points. Uh, he man, he was on fire last night, but uh but yeah, what'd you think about that?
2: As much as Nate would love for that to happen, I don't see either one of these teams back into the final. You know, it's the first chance for a deep drive. You know, Phoenix did not make the playoffs in in the um, sheltered tournament last year. And Utah traditionally is a team that plays better in the regular season than they do. I mean, I'm more apt to see the Clippers, the Lakers, or or the Nuggets. I think they're all equipped better. And I think they're just kind of laying low, of course, with Davis and LeBron out. For the Lakers right now, they're just trying not to be in the play-in because this year, the seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth team will play for the la- play-in tournament at the end of the season for the last two playoffs positions. So they're trying to keep above seventh, so they won't be in that play-in tournament. But uh, you know, I just uh, let's face it, the Jazz have not shown that they can do it in the playoffs. I just don't think they're built for that. Uh, Mitchell is a great player. Listen, I wish the Hornets had drafted him. But he hasn't shown that he can be that guy to take the ball and take over a, uh, a, a playoff series like Murray. I mean, they lost to the Nuggets. And if they were playing the Nuggets in the playoffs right now, I'd still take the Nuggets. Phoenix, again, you know, when you're a rising team like that, you, you've got to have that first playoff series. And, you know, young players have got to learn how to play. I know Chris Paul is not that young. But uh, the rest of the team has to learn what playoff basketball. Playoff basketball is so much more different than the regular season basketball because when you play a team four to seven times, it, 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 you can't hide a player and you can't hide a weakness. Paul, okay. don't you don't you agree, with Paul?
1: Uh, especially, I agree because I didn't see any of the game, and uh, the only thing I saw was the highlights of the Nets and Durant's return and. Blake Griffith actually dunking the ball again. Uh, it looks like the Oakland Raiders of the NBA watching the Nets. The Oakland Raiders used to get all the washed-up veterans together and say they could make a run, and <laughs> the Nets looked like that too. And um, I don't know. I, I only saw parts of it. So I, you guys know I don't pay too much attention until we get close to the playoffs. Don't judge me, Ernest. Don't judge me.
2: I'm no judge, no judge. I, was, I
1: was up
0: at five thirty, six o'clock watching ESPN, blowing my nose this morning and getting some fluids in me from uh yeah all this sinus stuff but uh but yeah uh kevin durant looked pretty good has come back there so switching switching over eastern uh ernest you said it. you know that our charlotte Hornets sit at seat number four you know not having to potentially uh Play for that six, seven, eight spot, that pre-playoff uh, position, do you think the Hornets are going to uh, push it out? Even though they're they are without our uh, our young oh, player, correct?
2: Out of quite a few players, not only Levar balls out, um, Gordon Hayward's out for Hayward's out for four weeks with a strained foot. Um, Monk's out for we don't know how long. Yeah. So that's that's three of your eight top rotation guys. But they've got guys fit in. And now, now, give it. Last night they played the worst team in the league. Here's our little trivia question. This is for both of you. Uh, Five hundred dollar question section.
1: Ooh, I'm Paul, awake now.
2: You ready? Yeah, uh, Paul. Yeah. Uh, can you or Travis name three players on the active Oklahoma Thunder team? <laughs>
0: I think Kevin Durant used to be on the Thunder, but that's it used to be not that's anymore. A long time ago. I
2: I cannot
1: name one on Oklahoma Thunder.
2: <clears throat> That's because of the worst, and and you know their whole strategy. I kind of question they're amassing draft picks, and that works in the NFL real well because in the NFL you have to have depth because you're going to have injuries and you're going to have starters out. But didn't it work for the Sixers though? Did, sorry, didn't work. Well, did it work for the Sixers? How many championships are in Philadelphia right now? They haven't even been to the Eastern Conference Finals, so I don't think it's worked for the Sixers. Danny Ainge has pulled the same thing. I haven't seen the Celtics in the finals either. I just it here's the difference between the NFL and the NBA. NFL, you want a mass picks because you want depth. The NBA is about scouting. You have to get that one player, that generational player, that Giannis, that LeBron. Uh, that Durant. I'm not gonna say Kyrie. I'm never going to. I ain't even go harden. You gotta get that generational player. and you know, all those guys except for LeBron weren't picked in the first three picks. So you gotta do your scouting uh, and get that, that one great player. So you can have all the picks in the world, but if you don't use those, and, and they're not that they're not really trade collateral like in the NFL. Uh, you can you can draft and draft. In second round draft picks, you can mine those for goal, But it's who you pick, not the number of picks in the NBA. Mm. Boy, that sounded profound. That sounded like I knew what I was talking about.
0: Yeah, quantity over quality. Quality. Yeah yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: But uh, but yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so you, you're actually uh, Ernest. I heard you booked your tickets. You're actually finally, uh, you know, a year later through COVID, you're going to go see a, a basketball game.
2: Coming yeah, up. we're going to see one. It uh, should be a good matchup because it'll be for the playoffs. Uh, a team that's really been a mystery this year, and that's that's been the Miami Heat. I hate their jerseys. Uh, hate which ones? The Miami Vice ones? The ones that are blue on one side and red on the other?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. pink or red. Yes, I hate those.
2: The, this, this is about as bad as you've seen the tie-dye uh, Nets jerseys. It's the Um, old. It's it's throwbacks when they were the New Jersey Nets when Drazen Petrovic was playing for them. When they're in the Meadowlands, it really is. It's like a light blue, but it's tie-dyed. It's probably the worst jersey you've ever, worst basketball jersey you've ever seen. But I digress. Uh, Yes, me and my grandson are going to see him play the Heat, and it's it's fascinating because uh, this time last year, you know. Duncan Robinson, former Michigan State, Michigan, excuse me, University of Michigan player, uh, really hasn't delivered. Tyler Hero, who was another player that they thought was going to be a star, has had a sophomore uh, jinx. The, the real underrated star, the guy that people don't talk that much outside of uh, specialist, is Bam Abadayo, who came from Kentucky, who is uh, playing how you want a center to play now. In this this NBA, he shoots threes. He runs down the court. He blocks shots and he rebounds. And he passes so well. Yeah, I mean he's given, he's the second best center in the East behind Giannis right now.
0: <clears throat> but so let's yeah. let's switch over to uh, NFL. How about that? Um, so I already spoke of I spoke of the Lord Jesus, right? Spoke of him earlier. Uh, made me think of a question. A good transition. You know, they say, could anything good come out of Bethlehem, right? Right. Could anything good come out of the New York Jets? Uh,
1: Mr.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, Robbie Anderson was a potential <laughs> pro bowler for the Panthers this year. He came from the Jets.
0: Well, what about Sam Darnold? Anything good that's going to happen for the Carolina Panthers this year for us? Anything good? Good move? Bad move? Okay.
2: I think it's a That's good move. You, you want to go first, Paul?
1: I'll go first because I don't sure live was, in, go in Panther territory. From from my point of view, it's a really good move for the Panthers. Yep. I, I think he I, was in a really rough situation in Jets. He couldn't win no matter what he did. I think he's a solid quarterback, and I think the way the Carolina Panthers are built, you don't have to have a great quarterback to win. They're They're skewing everything, I think, really solid ball control, defense, I think this is a great move for the Panthers. I think they had, you know, they were questioning why didn't they get Stafford or why didn't they get another quarterback. I think this is a great pick because now Darnold really is motivated to prove that it was the team, not him. So, all kudos to the Panthers on this.
2: Huh.
0: And I had a question. Uh, Ernest, you'll give me your take on it, but um, the text this week helped me understand I'm still a young buck learning as well. He's still in his rookie contract
2: correct which is four years with the fifth year option
0: uh, so what so when when the trade happens does it's like trading in a car uh, I don't know about that but nonetheless, does, does that contract transfer with
2: them so, yeah, yeah it's the same, contract. same and contract they can't pick up the fifth year option which I think they've agreed to do already so, so basically, Go ahead. I
0: think I only got him for a couple more years.
2: Two right. years, kind of a make yeah. make good type of thing. But traditionally, the <laughs> rookie contracts are valued because uh, quarterbacks are your highest paid position They take a large amount of the cap. You see how long the Cowboys messed around before they uh, signed Dak to a contract. So if, you know that's that's why the you're going to see four to five quarterbacks drafted in the first eight picks. Is because you can get a quarterback, and that's why they play him so early, is because not only are you betting on the talent, it's because from a cap standard, you're using less of your cap to spend for a very important position. It's caponomics, so to speak. So that's yes. yeah, contract. Now, my pick on the draft pick. Uh, first of all, we don't know on the trade. Um, a third and a sixth and a fourth. Uh, the sixth this, this year, the the other two next year, uh, you know, the name that really leaps to my mind is, is Steve Tannehill. Steve Tannehill was run out of Miami, traded the Texans, th- Titans, excuse me, and uh, has been you know uh, one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Led the league in quarterbacking percentage last year. The Panthers were all out for Stafford. Didn't offer as much as the Rams. Then they were adjusting their cap because they were going after Watson for the Texans, and he's pretty much off the table for everybody these days. He's got other things to worry about. So um, there's still rumors going around that they're going if if the Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields is still there at eight, they'll still pick him. Uh, they're looking to trade Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater's problem was for the first three. Periods, he was above average quarterback but could not pull the trigger in the fourth quarter Um, his his stats in the red zone were were horrible and he had several times i mean they up until the 12th week most their games were one score games so it was he just could not finish so they're ready to move on and in the modern nfl you, you just can't give them more than a year if a guy can't produce you cut him you take it into the cap and you move on there's just no time i mean we look at rosen uh when he was drafted by the cardinals they gave him a year it wasn't there he's gone now he's a backup at san francisco so this is the current nfl if you don't produce you're gone because the cap was reduced it uh, really puts emphasis on spending your money wisely. David Tepper, who's the owner of the Panthers, is somebody who made his money in hedge funding. So he tries to read the trends. Um, you got uh, Joe Brady, who is one of the better offensive coordinators in the league. You've got uh, McCaffrey comes back. You have a Pro Bowl quarterback, I mean a Pro Bowl running back you got Anderson. you got Moore, wide receiver. you got got uh, Arnold at tight end now, not David, but uh, Dan from the Cardinals. And uh-huh. so they think offensively have better tools, sometimes a new environment. But if it doesn't work out two years, you, you get someone else. That's the nature of the NFL. That's awesome. Hey, Paul, do you want to pick on Ernest a little
1: bit? I know it's Ryan Tannehill, but that's okay, Ernest. We like you.
2: What did I I say? Steve.
1: I I said Steve. I said is that his uh, ugly brother or something? By the way, Ryan Tannehill makes one hundred eighteen million dollars with the Titans over four years. He was guaranteed sixty two million at signing. So, for Darnold to finish up his rookie contract really strong, there is a lot of money waiting for him because if he can prove he can do it, so we'll see.
0: He'd be a good trade in or a good buy, you know. His, his valuation go up. But I go, that,
2: at, let me ask Paul something while we're, we're talking about quarterbacks and everything. Uh, there's been rumors going around about Fields going to the the Lions. Have the seventh pick before the the Panthers. Have you heard anything about Fields being drafted? I see, I see either a wide receiver or Fields going to the Lions. What are you hearing?
1: Before the big trade of Stafford, there was even talk. That, about Fields, but once Goff came into town, I haven't heard anything about that. I think they make this noise right right before the draft to get people to trade with you. If they can trade their 7 to somebody who has something lower, like a couple picks lower, They, I think they will in a heartbeat. Um, Lions are just going to get as many 1-2 year players and see what they do and sort it out at the end. So, I don't think they'll go after Fields. Don't we think San Francisco is going after Fields or... They're going after the Albany. Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah that's a, a mistake. Matt
2: Jones. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. You know, are they waiting for a phone call from New England and from Foxborough? Is that maybe <laughs> a team that needs a young quarterback, perhaps?
1: Maybe. I mean but the old uh New England lion uh pipeline yeah. got crashed and they fired, you know who. So
0: But is it is it correct speaking of draft picks and all this stuff, uh, uh Combine's not happening this year. It would already have happened, but
2: is that correct? Yeah, yeah, no combine. But they are going to do a physical location for the draft.
0: Yeah, but I've been seeing the pro day workouts with some uh, athletes.
2: Yeah, yeah, the combine's a waste. It's, it's more or less it's an opportunity for NFL team staff to get there and have a good meal and drink and enjoy themselves. Sounds good I mean, to a me. dash, 40-yard da- dash is the most overrated statistic in the world if that really meant something then uh pa uh, right you'd have track players in the nfl okay just a, ronaldo Nehemiah, there's a name for the past over showed 50 the, the, years yeah man. over 50 years i mean you just don't need track guys don't work <laughs> and again you can't tell how a quarterback can read a defense throwing to targets it was a waste of time and even the the pro days are because they're using their old receivers you, you just don't know till you get them on the field.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> well, uh, Paul, I want to hear your voice uh, here shortly. Not that I'm tired of hearing Ernest's, but <laughs> let's switch up to the MLB. I saw something the other day uh, and it's not true anymore. So I'll read that stat, but you know, uh, Atlanta was supposed to is, you know, chosen to be the, the team to beat this year. And they kind of started out slow, but um so kind of you said earlier, what are we what are we missing uh from your show earlier with Gene Gum and and uh you know what what were we all takes on that so far with the uh, opening week of MLB?
1: Uh, and, you're you know, talking about Boys of Summer podcast. Uh Gene Gum plug away,
2: plug away plug, plug away. away.
1: He's the owner operator of <clears throat> sportscountry.net, which is the internet radio station that this proud podcast is played as well on and last night we recorded another podcast and we talked about the all-star game tra- controversy talked about um players that start fast and then fade away quickly um there's some players out there are having a great
2: joe charbonneau yeah uh,
1: joe charbonneau was one of them uh there's a player in detroit named badu and unfortunately i said badu is a bad dude i, I know i'm sorry i said it again Anyways, um, the whole idea of baseball, the one takeaway I really liked yesterday is they changed the rule in um, extra innings that they you start an extra inning with a man on second to shorten how long it takes. And Gene Gums, who used to keep score uh, officially for the Red Sox, said that he initially was against it, but now that he's seen it in play, he really likes it because it means that every at-bat matters right away in the 10th inning or 11th inning, whatever. Um, cool. So it makes a lot more exciting. So if Gene comes, can change his mind about uh, a new rule, who knows? So we're all excited about the All-Star Game in Denver because we think, hey, home run city, a lot of balls going out, and uh, a lot of people will be singing Rocky Mountain High.
2: Paul, yep. have you heard Theo Epstein's latest rule adjustment? Uh, that you it. can't pick
1: yeah. your nose after the sixth inning or grab well, yourself? <laughs> Moving the pitching rubber
2: back a foot.
1: Oh, 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 yikes. Not adjusting the height up or down, but moving it back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when the fact is, since in the last four years, the average pitch has gone up three miles an hour in just the last few years.
0: Ernest, what would that do for phys- physics? What, what would you think that would do if foot back? But high.
2: You would think that it would make them again, it would give a batter another second or two reaction time. I mean, it's, it's, there were more strikeouts than hits last year. That means more strikeouts than home runs, triples, doubles, and singles. Mm-hmm. And that's extending the game because if you're going to strike out, it's at least going to go to a three pitch count. You're not putting the ball in play. Uh, something has to be done. Uh, I mean, I'm a traditionalist in that respect. I would think that if you tighten the strike zone or call the strike zone, which is in the rule book, that uh, <laughs> that might put more balls in play. Pitchers have to throw to a lower location. Uh, I don't know about widening the bases. That's one thing. i you know, I like the shift, but keeping two guys and put a line at second base where two guys have to be on one side of that line two guys have to be on the other side defensively. I right. think that would help. I think let's shorten the commercial time. Let's do, like, soccer. Let's do commercials in the corner. Yeah. It's going. I think uh, it's, it, it's hard to make a commitment for three and a half hours, either watch it on TV or attend a baseball game. And I love baseball. But the average age of a fan is 62 years old now. You're losing the game. And you lost <laughs> – a lot of potential fans with COVID with no little league, no Babe Ruth league, no American Legion league. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 you know, I hate to see it die like boxing has, <clears throat> but that's the route it's going.
0: And Paul, did y'all speak of it last night, you know, speaking to losing fans and loyalty. I mean, this obviously a political statement move from Georgia to uh, Denver, but you know, you think, is, is That hurting helping? Did y'all discuss that in the boys of summer as well?
1: We did, but you can tune to that yourself so we can still have time in this podcast before we wrap it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, Ernest, you, I heard you guys covered some new rules this year, and uh, that, that I enjoyed listening to that podcast last week as well. But uh, I tell you, what's hard. You know, you, I hear the new rule you guys, you know, talk about moving that, you know, pitching mound rubber a foot back. Uh, we've started, the you know, coaches pitch, me and my son, you know, I'm an assistant coach and uh, head coach. He says, I want you to try to pitch so I can do, do more of the coaching on the sidelines. And like, so that, that is one of the most difficult things I've done in a while time. A lot of pressure pitching to uh, oh, yeah. seven, eight year old boys oh, trying gosh. to get it, get it in the hole. Where you got they- a brush
2: back pitch. You got a brush back, <laughs> Keep them up that mound. Keep them off that plate now. Back him up.
0: So uh, man, and I felt terrible. I've already, uh deemed a couple of kids and made one kid cry and I said uh uh you know just doing team. your job just doing your
1: You're job such a bruiser Travis man
0: and uh we were in the game we've had two games so far we're one and one we're the Braves and uh we're the Lockwood Trolley Braves right but uh the other coach hit his player and I said see I ain't the only one that uh has a hard time getting it in there. So I've been doing some YouTube videos and you know, coaching techniques, pitching techniques to try to to do my part as a coached it to, to aid aid our players along
2: but you know not, my advice go play baseball in a cigarette location don't let the parents watch I've heard that yes too many coaches up the stands so far we're good last year well, of course last year was COVID the year
0: before that that I was base coaching and I pretty much had to turn around and tell the parents I was telling them, trying to tell the kid one thing everybody else is saying another thing to the to the child the teammate and I turned around after the play was settled down I said I've got this. This, let me take care of it. <laughs> and I said it in a nice way. So,
2: yeah. And
0: when I was coaching,
2: I said it in a not so nice way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: well, we've been talking about baseball. Uh, I follow uh, on social media as well. Uh, a uniform. Gosh, it slips in my mind right now. Uh, but it's pretty much a uh organization that keeps track of all the uh, logos and uniforms and all that stuff of the
2: UniWatch dot
0: com. Watch,
2: yeah. Beauty watch Because they um, Nike has come out with their first city form uniforms for Major League Baseball. Um uh, for the Boston Marathon, the Red Sox will be wearing a purple yeah. and yellow jersey. That's where I was going it's horrible. Well yeah. it, Nike Nike does this like the Hornets have Seven different uniforms. They've done this for the NBA for years, and, uh, and then they have a earned jersey. If you made the playoffs, you get an eighth jersey, and then you know what it's for. It's to sell jerseys, sell replicas. It's always it's for. It is. And, and yeah. the Red Sox have the same jersey they've had since 1901, and the idea of this, you know, and they come out with these. Baseball, these Father's Day the blue jerseys and Mother's Day the red jerseys, and yeah, everyone true. wears forty two on Jackie Robson. Quit it! You're selling jerseys, okay? You're not honoring anybody. You know the pink bats look nice, but you're just selling pink bats. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's. Paul, what do you think?
1: Um, you're sounding more like Oscar the Grouch every day, Ernest.
2: I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. wow. I'm- I better get out of this trash can. Maybe that's, it.
1: <laughs> that's an old reference, too. I don't know if kids are even watching Sesame Street anymore. Um, I still- no, I, I get it, Ernest. We both feel like, you know, sometimes the marketing department's taken over every sport, including college sports. And there's times where you think, okay, is there any limit to how far they're going to go on this stuff? Um, so, yeah, I am not a fan of these city jerseys. Um, I agree with Ernest. I think Bahumbag, just. Make it look good. Sell your jersey. Let's play ball.
0: Yeah, and uh, to me, when I first saw it, 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 I thought of the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. That's our local local team. I don't know what division it is. And Ernest, I know you'll chime in and say what division there. Or
2: it's it's it. called the um, it's called the high. Excuse me, the low single A. Low single. All the traditional names are gone. There's no Northwoods League. There's no Eastern League. There's no South Atlantic League. There's no Carolina League. Major League Baseball took over minor league baseball and ruined it. Ooh, That's a podcast ooh, for another day. Sorry, a podcast for another day.
0: But yeah, go but, yeah um, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna try to get down to maybe one of those games with Landon and uh, maybe Ernest. You and I can uh, meet up in in uh, up at the Fateful Woodpeckers and uh, see us a game <laughs> together this year. So, uh, I love but yeah, it. guys. We'll- we're wrapping up, uh, Paul. We we hear Ernest is going to uh, got his tickets bought to some game. When's your next plans to get to a to a ball field or uh, court?
1: Uh, at this point, I'm I don't have any tickets, but. Yeah. The University of Michigan baseball team has had a really great run the last several years. Last year, they made it to the finals against Vanderbilt, or last not last year, two years ago, against Vanderbilt and lost. And so once in a while, on a Friday afternoon, they have a game, and if it's a nice day, I skip out of work early. Wait a second, when are we show, playing this shh, podcast? Shh, don't tell anybody. Uh, um, maybe tomorrow, if I can get out a little early, I'll go over to the ball field and it's a great old timey ballpark been updated and watch a game, and I'll be socially distanced and all that stuff. but it's just an awesome environment uh old brick type place, so that's my hope nice, very nice, that's awesome,
0: yeah, and um yeah this weekend i i uh you know this is my closing comments, and I'll pass it off to you guys this weekend uh I'm going off to hang out with, uh the other career dads my 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 dad and my grandpa and uh, me and my son, we're going to go do some uh, pond fishing and hopefully catch some nice bass that are bedding. And it's that time of year that the bass kind of settle down and uh, the big old lunkers is what they call them and uh, make their beds for uh, spawning and all that stuff and uh, hopefully have this, just a good old greer time and uh, all those things. And, uh, You're so going to yeah,
1: deny just, these poor fish their spawning season? Man. Well, you, push, you, you, you put them back, but oh, there's okay. someone catch.
0: They're big old mamas. They're fat, and it's just so much fun catching a largemouth bass.
1: There is. I know
0: farther up north they have more so uh, smallmouth bass.
1: We got them both, man.
0: You got them both, but there's nothing like catching a bass. And it's been too long since I've caught a largemouth bass. And uh so yeah, so that's that's my few closing comments. And uh, Paul, we'll pass it off over to you.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna yield my time to Ernest because um, my little baseball talk was enough, and just a little. A promotion here if you like listening to this podcast please let us know and i really appreciate travis giving us a southern flair of hosting uh and earnest too because some of the greatest years of my life were spent down south meeting my wife living in georgia and in, in Rock, north carolina um love the south love the food love the people okay Ernest. there you go
2: okay time for the conversion speak mark emmett why you still have a job <laughs> you are a mistake. You're living the NCAA off of president, folks. The NCAA president who's living off his reputation that he fired Bobby Knight 25 years ago. For the women's championship game and the tournament to have one bench, one weight bench in their weight room to be given cold sandwiches to eat while the men's team have all the accessories is a joke. That $10 million you get paid is more than the entire budget for the Baylor's women's team and the UConn women's basketball team. The entire group administration, you are a joke. The total administration of the the NCAA, the 10 men that operate the NCAA, make a total of $52 million in salary a year. This is why this has to change. Do you know the women's NCAA basketball championship cannot use the name Final Four? Because the NCAA sold that to Turner Sports and CBS. They can't even call themselves the Final Four. Money. These are guys making the money of women and men, young male and female athletes. Mark Emmett should be fired. There is no reason to have a position of that. Let a group of NCAA presidents be an operating board. You don't need a grand poobah who has no power or no authority, nothing more there than to count the checks and take money out of the backs of the pockets of young people. And don't give me that they get a scholarship because they could get a Pell grant just as easily. So don't give me that garbage again. They're getting paid with a scholarship. Yeah, they could get a Pell grant just as easily. Okay? So they're not getting anything. Well, A group getting 10 men getting paid $52 billion a year to sit in a chair and decide the women get nothing and the men's tournament gets all the resources. Hmm. There's something called Title IX, passed in 1972, which makes that illegal.
1: And the Supreme Court is hearing some cases right now. That It's changing. It is
2: going to change. It's going to change. Ernest, what is Embrace it. Embrace it.
0: So... So if you agree with Ernest, uh, give us a shout out, give us a like, uh, share this podcast. And uh, if you want to hear something different, something new for us to chat about, or give us your two cents on these things, uh, I'm not going to give my email out. I'm going to give uh, Paul Arnold's email out. Thank you for listening to The Partner Confusion. And uh, like I said, you can give uh, Paul Arnold an email uh, chat. That's at GoBlueArnold at gmail.com. GoBlueArnold at gmail.com. So thank you for
2: listening tonight. Yeah, if you're a Nigerian prince and you need to cash a check, contact Paul at GoArnold. Not really. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Sorry.